You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you are tuned into On Point with Victor. I am Victor Armendariz, and that is A R M E N D A R I Z. If you want to look me up, and as always, you can find me at uh, Instagram on Radio Victor. You can find me on Twitter, Radio Victor. Uh, Facebook, you can find me, or go to the America's Web Radio page. Uh, watch us live on Facebook. Go to YouTube, America's Web Page uh, Live, or the live page, I should say, is there. Uh, so tune in. Uh, to, it, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I say this because I've gotten some feedback from people who watch. Man, Victor, you don't look like what you sound like. You know, I get a lot of that every now and then. And uh, so I just try to act taller when I'm on radio. And that way when people see me, and those of you who know me, you know what I mean. Uh, we've got a really special treat today. I want, I'm going to get right into this uh, real, real soon. But first, I, you know, you guys are you're used to On Point with Victor. I do uh, the topic rundown. And I'm going to do an abbreviated version real quick because we've got a really neat show uh, for you today. Um, that that's it's really going to be about a, a topic that that shouldn't be right or left. Uh, it's a topic that we as Americans need to look at with common sense, with logic, and and not through the lens of an R or a D or an L or any of the other uh, letters that are out there for political ideology. Uh, but first. I just got a comment on, you know, the follies. Instead of a topic rundown, I'm just going to do the follies of the Democrat over the past few days. And the, the latest thing was uh, Nadler, in his infinite wisdom, dragged John Dean. Now, folks, if you don't know who John Dean is, and, and uh, most of you young listeners out there, I guarantee you, you don't know who John Dean is. And there's probably plenty of people that are well into their 30s and 40s that don't know who John Dean or don't remember maybe who John Dean is. But look him up, folks. But the Democrats drug this guy into the House to testify on the Mueller report, not as a factual witness, but just somebody to come sit there and bash Trump. And this guy and, and I'm not going to tell you much about John Dean because I want you to look him up. But but just let me tell you this. They dragged this guy, John Dean, in front of the House to testify, to bash Trump, and to say, oh, surely, surely, the, the, if you read the Mueller report, you're going to find obstruction. This is coming from John Dean, the guy who served time for obstruction, the guy who was convicted of obstruction, the guy who was convicted on multiple counts uh, of different things. And this was back in the Watergate days. Uh, so look him up, and and you will see it's purely show what the Democrats are doing. They they have gone beyond wasting taxpayer dollars at this point. Uh, we wasted thirty million plus with the Mueller investigation. Uh, let's just call it what it is: the Mueller hoax, the Mueller witch hunt. Uh, choose your words, but it was a waste of money, no matter how you look at it. And now you've had the Mueller report come back: no obstruction, no collusion. You've had a Senate investigation, no obstruction, no collusion. You've had a House investigation. You've had an FBI investigation. All of them came back with no collusion and no obstruction. All of them were paid for by taxpayer dollars. And now, since the Democrats didn't get what they wanted in a, to throw Trump out of office, they're ba- you know they want to overturn a duly elected 
presidential election, a duly elected president, they want to throw out of office because they don't like him. Now, you talk about petulant children. Uh, folks, if we keep electing people like this, and, and, and it's not just the Democrats. There are plenty of establishment Republicans that I could go off on right now, but I'm not going to uh, just because we've got to get on with the show. But I, I had to get that out because what the Democrats are doing right now, wasting taxpayer dollars, is another one of those issues that shouldn't be looked through through the lens of an R, an L, or a D. You, the American people, you, the shareholder of this great country we call the United States of America, ought to be highly pissed off at the amount of your sweat equity that's being wasted to to formulate and make up a crime or or pretend to find a crime just because one political party lost and cannot accept the fact that they lost. And that's the bottom line, folks. And you heard it here first on online, uh, on online. You heard it first with, uh, on point with Victor. Okay, folks. So I've got a special guest here today. And those of you that are watching, you can see her sitting here so nicely going, gosh, when is Victor going to shut up? So we have here, uh, my guest, Sharon, and is it Revert? Ravert. Ravert. Sharon Ravert. And folks, let me, let me start off by getting you to picture this. So everybody sit back. It's story time. Right now it's story time on On Point with Victor. So sit back, close your eyes a little bit, unless you're driving, and and think about this. You're fast asleep. It is a warm, nice, maybe it's a cool night. You've got the windows open. It's It's well into the night. You're well into your REM sleep. Very peaceful night. You went to bed peaceful, and you just figure it's going to be a normal night. And it's a it's a calm night, not a lot of noise, nothing scurrying around, and you're asleep, and you're nice, and you're resting, and you're resting, and then all of a sudden you're awoke, and you're you're awoke because there are two men in black mask and uh, I'm assuming heavily uh, nicely armed weapons, standing at the foot of your bed. Now you're thinking, how do they get in my house? Why are they in my house? And what are they going to do? Then you find out that it's it's the friendly neighborhood law enforcement. So you have a sigh of relief. Maybe maybe someone saw someone break it into your house. They called the cops, and they rushed in, and they're just waking you up to let you know that all is well. But oh, no. No, no, no. They go on to ransack your house, drag your 19-year-old daughter out of her bed, take her to jail because she had a couple of joints. We're talking, what, Sharon, maybe 1.5? That's 1.5 grams. Grams of marijuana and they drag her what was what time of the day was the morning was this well it was early morning when they finally got done Mm -hmm. and and the sun was coming up so they perp walked her is what i say ah. out out the front door Uh, fortunately we live in a rural community and there weren't that many people outside so i wonder if they tipped off cnn like the Mueller gang Uh, did we're not that important so so, folks, that's that's the story. So, I I am going to give way to Sharon, and Sharon, I just want you to give give a little background, give a little background on what happened with that with because this is you I was talking about, and this is your daughter, right? So, give the listeners some some background information exactly what happened. Okay, so it was a Wednesday. I um, my daughter, the nineteen year old, was in college already. Um, I had a fifteen year old that was in high school i owned my own business and so it was time to go pick up my youngest daughter from cheerleading practice and take her to youth group at the church 
And so I went and did that, and I came back, and Brittany um, had some friends um, that she had met in town uh, after school. And she hadn't seen them in quite a while, but I think they went to high school with her. And she hadn't seen them since she was in college and had left high school. Um, so she called me and said, can, can I have a few friends over? And, of course, yes, absolutely. Um, and they came over. I met them. And they proceeded to go down into the basement, which is where Brittany's room was. And we had a pool table. And they hung out and played pool for a couple hours. Um it was time for me to leave to go pick up my youngest daughter uh, back at youth group. So I left and went and did that, and I came home, and they were all gone. My daughter's car was gone as well, so I called her and said, Where, where'd y'all head off to? And uh, she said, you know, we're in town. I'm grabbing a bite to eat with one of the kids, and then I'll be on home. Well, she came home, and he came with her because he had left his backpack at my house. Hmm. And... Um, picked up his backpack i didn't see him he went around back and went in the basement door grabbed his backpack and had 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 a guy that had followed them out to my house um to take him back to town we only live about three miles from town so he grabbed his backpack Brittany and i proceeded to finish up the evening olivia got ready for her you know school the next day and we went to bed that was around 10 o'clock and like you said, I was in a deep sleep when, when, you know, the police were in my bedroom. Hmm. Um, it was the local sheriff, Lumpkin County. It was um, the Appalachian Drug Task Force. And they um, shocked me. Like I said, of course, I was... Shocked you, not shot. Yeah, shocked. <laughs> they <don't>... shocked me. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't want to don't want <laughs> to embellish the story any, right. at all. Um, we, no, yeah. but they, it shocked me. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, having anybody in my bedroom mm-hmm. in the middle of the night that wasn't invited that wasn't invited. Right. Correct. <laughs> my husband was already there. <laughs> so, um, but sure, um, I was shocked. Um, I I was thrilled though for a moment that it was law enforcement because you know we do live out in the country. We left our all of our doors unlocked. Um, it could have been anybody with a gun. I'd never really thought about it because we don't have a lot of crime up there. Uh, but I was thrilled that it was the police, honestly. And, uh, you know, so I asked him if I could get dressed real quick, and I threw on a robe and, and walked out and into the hallway where there were about eight of them. And, uh, and I asked them what was going on, how I could help them, and they said that they had a search warrant. And that they were looking for my 19-year-old daughter. Were they dressed in, in tactical gear? So you had yes. eight guys in tactical mm-hmm. gear. I think one or two of them. There were probably about six of them in tact six, gear, in okay. tactical and gear. Then two, and then probably two, probably two like, sheriff officers. Sheriff deputies. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Okay. So they, one of which actually dated my daughter a few years before that. Oh, so, wow. Um, anyway. Bet they're not friends anymore. No, go ahead. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they brandished a warrant right? and said they're looking for your 19-year-old daughter. Right. And that must have made you feel like... What for? Mm-hmm. It was my immediate thought. Mm-hmm. Not my immediate thought. That was my immediate question. What for? May I look at the search warrant? Those mm-hmm. were the first words out of my mouth. I mean, I'm an American. I know that mm-hmm. I have a right to look at the search warrant. You Absolutely. know, and those type of the things. Fifth Amendment protection. So, right. Exactly. So, um, Fourth, Fourth Amendment. Fourth Amendment. Yeah. Sorry. There you go. Boy, there are listeners out there right now just yeah, they're laughing just at me. Us up. <laughs> but the Fourth Amendment. But yes, right. go ahead. Um, so, uh, I looked at it, and it said they were looking for drugs. Everything that is on the Controlled Substance Act 
you know they were looking mm-hmm. for everything um including you know sandwich baggies scales mm-hmm. all kinds of different things that they were looking right. for anything Any kind they of paraphernalia. could possibly find mm-hmm. and so um i told them where Brittany lived that she was downstairs and i asked them if i could go down with them to turn the lights on for them because the lights were kind of it's an older house mm-hmm. were kind of in different spaces to you know there was three lights that they needed mm-hmm. to turn on to even get to her room and then her light they wouldn't let me go downstairs so they went down mm-hmm. the stairs and went in dark to find my daughter mm-hmm. with flashlights and guns pulled they use it as a training exercise yeah it kind of was mm-hmm. and uh so they pulled her out of bed and it had to have been somewhere close to a few minutes till five because her alarm went off at five o'clock while they were in the room with her mm-hmm. uh in the morning and um and so she uh did you they, know did they at least allow her to get dressed um, I mean, well, she was in her PJs, okay. and she had a girlfriend. Her best friend was spending okay. the night over, so they pulled them both up, and um, and she turned on the lights for them, and she's like, what's going on? And, of course, to hear her tell the story, which she, she and I rarely do these interviews together, but we mm-hmm. did one recently, and she said, I thought, I was scared that we had a home invasion going on because mm-hmm. I heard people coming down the stairs. Nobody announced that it was the police until they got into my room i saw flashlights through the under the door i thought has a home invasion happened upstairs have they killed my family members Mm -hmm. have they got my sister are they coming down to get me so those were the thoughts that were running through her mind as they were coming down right well sharon um hold that thought right Mm -hmm. there that part of the story because i want to uh go ahead and take this break we're coming up against the break and uh let's let's do this and when we come back i want to jump right back into it because I, you know, this is one of the beefs I have right here is where, you know, if you were to defend yourself because they didn't announce, then they, they could have shot you. And, mm-hmm. and this is just another thing we'll get to later. But, uh, but pause right there. We'll be right back. Folks, hang on tight. We're going to get back here with Sharon and more of this great story. Uh, you're listening to On Point with Victor, and this is America's Web Radio. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business professionals, business practices, and fascinating individuals to get an insider view of how America works, 10 to 11 a.m. on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is On Point with Victor. I am Victor. And this is America's Web Radio. So we're going to get right back into this. So we are um, talking today with uh, Sharon uh, Rep. Ravert. Ravert. 
long A because <laughs> it's southern. Revert. <laughs> you know, in Spanish it would be revert. Yeah, right? Uh, so we're talking about what happened to her, and this is a true story, folks. What she is going through right now and telling you guys happened to her and her daughter. So, Sharon, let's pick up right back up where we left. Okay, so the police, um, once Brittany saw that they were police and they announced and the lights were turned on, she felt immediate relief as I did because she, when they went down there, they did, she didn't know that mm-hmm. they were looking for her. She mm-hmm. was just thankful that her family wasn't dead upstairs and nice. these were bad people. Mm-hmm. Um, told it the same way as I do as, as far as that's concerned. So they uh, searched in that area for a while and then they came up uh and sat her down with us, uh, her stepfather, myself, my daughter, and her and her friend were all up in the living room sitting down while they went through the rest of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I guess, lucky because I was um, pretty good friends with a lot of the law enforcement in Lumpkin County mm-hmm. at the time. And they allowed me to go from room to room with them mm-hmm. um and so i did they were only supposed to be searching Brittany's area but they went through my daughter's room our room my office i mean they went through the On whole what house basis did they do this they were looking for drugs because the young man that came back to get his book bag got busted with drugs in his book bag uh-huh. After he I left knew my there house, there was going to be a connection, there. right? Mm-hmm. So that's the how and the why they mm-hmm. got the search warrant. This mm-hmm. young man who had come to my house that I had never met. Mm-hmm. I'm not one, you know, as 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 conservative as I am, and as much as I do respect the Constitution to the utmost. So mm-hmm. I don't search people mm-hmm. and their book bags when they come visit right. my children. Exactly. Um, so he came in unbeknownst to me he had drugs in his book bag and that was enough kind of like nowadays if you get caught with somebody in the car that Mm -hmm. has drugs all of you are going to jail not just Mm -hmm. the person Mm -hmm. that has drugs you know um it just so happened that he had drugs in his book bag and he told the guy that he was caught with was Mm -hmm. the one that had come to my house to pick him follow them back Mm -hmm. to get his book bag and so when they took those two guys to jail the one guy that that didn't know who we were and just knows he went to a house mm-hmm. said well i took him to pick up that book bag that mm-hmm. had drugs in it at yeah. her house yeah. so it kind of makes sense after right. you get that whole story of why they may have come in well where they should have sat down with the guy who owned the book bag and got to the bottom of who you were before they didn't what they did was they went on the basis of okay the driver of the car. said we went yeah and, exactly. and they they used that as a precursor to be able to get the warrant to go in and say we're looking for a dealer yes correct yeah and that's pretty much when um i learned started learning about those kind of things and how they can mm-hmm. happen uh yes of course that makes sense he picked up his book bag at my house of course they should you know consider the fact that maybe i'm the one that filled his book bag up for him right mm-hmm. if you're mm-hmm. thinking about the drug war and trying to catch the cartels and working your way up the chain mm-hmm. but they gave us a matter of a few hours they have a search warrant and then they bust into the doors and they didn't knock although they said they rang the doorbell my dogs didn't make a peep until they hit my door um and so the bottom line is is this just changed my entire perspective on the way things are going Mm -hmm. and my immediate thought and i did say to some of the deputies what country am i living in Mm -hmm. where are we living right are you looking for anne frank 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And 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 so it just it just shocked our system. And uh, needless to say, they took um, my daughter out in handcuffs because I'm thinking the whole time with a couple of the deputies, including the one that she used to date. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking they're not going to take her to jail over a joint and a half this mm-hmm. could not possibly it, happen it wasn't even hers that wasn't even hers right, right. so um at the at you know her girlfriend didn't go to jail by the way who was in the room with her in the same bed hmm. and was laying right beside her marijuana uh-huh. i mean she admitted to me the girlfriend did that it was hers really yes and it was on mm. her nightstand on her side so versus it, this one that Brittany was sleeping beside but you know i'm not trying to say that Brittany wouldn't have smoked the cannabis right, right. i mean mm. you know she's right. a 19 year old college most, kid uh, you know unfortunately most of them do dab, dabble in it right um so when they searched and when they were done with their search and they perp walked her daughter did they did they find substance that was in did they find the joint or two in her room or yes it was laying out on her nightstand and that joint was brought in from the girlfriend well was that from the book bag i'm not sure where it came from i mean we it's not like dna can tell you which strain came from where and from whose book bag. so chances are the guy that the the chances are he probably left a little bit he left a little bit for the girls exactly which which again we're talking about a joint or a couple of joints and and look, folks, I, you're a humble host here, probably one of the few who's never – I've never tried it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've just – you know, was one of those call-me-a-weird kid that went through some things as as a preteen and teenager that um, led me on a path to never try it, never want to try it. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with alcohol. And now I'm just too old to do it. So, yeah, right. uh, but uh, I think that stuff hurts now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That hurts, right. <laughs> so I don't uh, – so, but I also know that that is not the norm. Every party I went to in school, just about every turn I made, no matter where I was in high school mm-hmm. and into college, marijuana was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I have held marijuana. I've smelt it. I've seen it. I, I, you know, I've been in the room with it, but I just chose to never smoke it. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, this is one of those, it's an area and a topic that, kind of drives me crazy because I look at it, my libertarian side looks at this issue and sees all the money we're wasting on the so-called war on drugs. Yeah, a trillion dollars since it began. Since it began. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about that, folks. Trillion dollars. And have we made any progress? I don't know. You should probably ask my kids. I imagine they see just as much marijuana as you did and I did. Right. The answer would be no. There hasn't been any progress. It's been about a bad of a war as the war on poverty. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and you know, you, you folks who were listening last week, um, Sharon, I talked about, uh, and maybe you were listening, I, I talked about how m- most of the establishment politicians in Washington, that's your Democrats and that's your establishment Republicans, do not want to solve problems. They're, they want to kick cans down the road. And the reason why they don't solve the drug issue or look at different ways to tackle the drug issue and the reason, same for poverty, because these are issues that they can go campaign on. Mm-hmm. And these are issues that they can raise money on. But what bugs me, and this is coming from a person who does not use drugs, I have an open mind enough and common sense enough and logical mind to look at what we've spent and what we're doing with the with the criminalization of, of drugs, or at least certain drugs, 
and the the number of people that are in, sitting in jail. We have murderers out on the streets. We mm-hmm. have burglars and armed burglars and armed robberies. And my gosh, not too far in my neighbor, uh, close to my neighborhood last night, there was a, a burglar burglary in a in a car. Um, so yeah. John Walker Lynn didn't he just get out of prison? Yeah. We've got people sitting mm-hmm. in prison for life on a substance charge for marijuana possession mm-hmm. and right. marijuana distribution distribution a and plant. A, a, right. right and and that unfortunately now look i love law enforcement i've had um law enforcement in in my background through family and and through a couple of things that i did um so i love law enforcement and, and i uphold and most of them you know 98 percent of them are great great people but that doesn't mean that they've gone a little haywire with this war or so-called war on drugs. And, and Sharon, your story is a prime example of stories that I've been hearing that really, really calls me to take a different look at the war on drugs. I, you know, in the 90s, late 90s or so, I was uh, all gung-ho uh, on the DEA and their mission mm-hmm. and, and the mission of the so-called war on drugs. But as I have gotten older and as I continue to hear these stories, you asked the best question. You looked at these officers and said, what country am I in? When we're the, we're the, the light on the hill, we are the shining beacon. We're the shining city. We are freedom. We are liberty. We have a document that no one else in the world has that says our rights are derived from God, not from the government. And when you, as an innocent, law-abiding citizen, Sharon, do you have a rap sheet? No. All right. Does your daughter have a rap sheet? Now she does. Well, she now she does. I should say before this incident. No. Um, so what I'm getting at, folks, is you can be a, a lifelong, exemplar s- citizen in this great country, and then suddenly in the snap of a fingers or snap of fingers – have a warrant issued because of, let's face it, so-called probable cause because of a one gram or a one and a half grams of marijuana. When this and and this is a small now you okay Sharon, you tell us again heard the rest of the story. Well, okay, so we're going to get to the rest, but I got to ask you real quick. You said this was Lumpkin County, yes. So Dahlonega, Georgia. So Dahlonega. So Georgia. this is a small town where small a lot of town. people know each other. Yeah, most conservative district in so, Georgia. So they could have walked up, knocked yeah. on your door at a reasonable hour and said, um, Can I come we, in? We We've need got to talk. a search warrant you know, yeah. or anything. We yes, have a absolutely. search warrant. We understand that you guys haven't been problem citizens, but we have to address this because mm-hmm. these are the rules of the law enforcement. How much better and, and how much... We probably wouldn't be here today. Probably not. Because, you know, 14 years ago, 15 years ago when this happened, you would have never convinced me, like you. I was completely supportive Mm -hmm. of prohibition. Keep drugs Mm -hmm. away. Say no to drugs. Mm -hmm. I was a Reagan supporter. Mm -hmm. Just say no, just say say no, no, just say no. Mm -hmm. Dare, 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 dare. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that if they had to come knock on the door at 8 o'clock that morning, it would have been a different story. I would have probably still been upset. Mm-hmm. I probably, you know, would have told, you know, all 600 of my clients about it. But right. I would not have probably been talking to you 15 years later, later still about still it. Still about it. And the the community 
communityship, I guess, or communityship. I'm making that word up. But the good faith that it would have put between law enforcement and the people had they done this a proper way. So we're going to go to our next break. So stay right there. Sharon's going to get into the rest of the, as my favorite guy, Paul Harvey, used to say, the rest rest. of the story. So stay there, folks. We'll be right back. Okay, Victor. uh, As you know, we're coming out today with a new program and wanted to introduce it on your show. Uh, We put it out on Facebook. But any, we are very supportive of uh, our police departments as well, but uh, we're also very supportive of our military. And anyone in the military or that has been in the military, any veteran that is starting a business or has started a business within the past year, we'll give them, if they'll call in or, or email GM, General Manager, at America's Web Radio, we're going to give them two weeks of free advertising for their business be it uh, you know the new business or about to start a business whatever it is just email gm at america's web radio and we'll work out the details and congratulations and thanks for your service we'll be back right after this perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction if not you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is Daryl Pullis inviting you to listen to America's Homegrown Veggie Show right here every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Time. Great guests, great tips, and valuable information about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to On Point with Victor. And I am Victor. This is America's Web Radio. And, folks, as you heard as we went out of that last segment and into the break, um, what we're doing for veterans and what we want to offer veterans, just really spread the word on that, folks. If you know somebody, you know their fathers and brothers and sisters and mothers and that are that are veterans, and let them know because there's so such good opportunity out there right now. So there are new businesses being started every day. There are businesses that have, that have been started since uh, Trump came into office. 
and tore down some of the uh, previous barriers. And so let them know that what uh, America's Web Radio is offering veterans two weeks free advertising. Reach out to us, gm at americaswebradio.com, gm at americaswebradio.com. So, Victor, just like uh, you were saying during the break, was that you just got a message from someone in Ohio. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter where you are. Just send us an email, GM. I'm David Moxley. I own the station, mm-hmm. so I'm putting it all on the line. And That's there right. are no strings attached. Mm-hmm. The only string that is attached, if you're a veteran and you want to participate, tell your buddies about it, too. That's and, right. Uh, well, let's get this thing going and yeah. uh, have everybody listening to America's Web Radio for deals from new businesses. From new businesses and veteran-owned businesses. Look, folks, there. if you're watching us, if you ever watch my show live on, on YouTube or on Facebook, there's a reason we have this American flag back here. Uh, there's, Ameri- there's a reason we're called America's Web Radio. David, who you just heard from, is an Army veteran. Uh, so this this stuff isn't just something that he dreams up. This comes from his heart, and and so spread the word. Uh, it, it's it's you know we're always trying to think of things we can do and things we can do to help. And 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 we are national, by the way. So I probably didn't mention that enough, or I don't mention that enough. You know, we have listeners in California that listen to On Point with Victor. We have listeners in Ohio. We have listeners, uh, Tennessee and Florida, all over. So. Um, if you're out there and you're listening, spread the word. doesn't matter what state you're in. So, okay, let's get back to Sharon. So, Sharon, I believe you have a little bit more of the story to tell. So, yes. Um, you would think with 1.5 grams of marijuana, she would be facing a, a misdemeanor, a misdemeanor at most, at most uh, if they even did anything. And as they uh, took her out to jail, that's what we were expecting. But... Um, they found something innocuous. Like I said, they were looking for baggies. Well, mm-hmm. we have baggies. I have kids in Who school. Who doesn't? Um, and things like that. But they found a lamp, a oh, warming lamp. Goodness. Now, let's remember that I own a pet spa. Okay. Mm. And and so we have lots of dogs mm-hmm. and babies. And um, they found that lamp. And so... As my daughter walks out thinking she's going to be charged with a misdemeanor marijuana possession, a few hours later, when we made it to the uh, police station with a lawyer, um, they had charged her with felony intent to distribute and manufacturing because of the light being in the house. The light, the warming lamp, mm-hmm. the bulb, so whatever they found, words you want to use for it. They found no seeds, no plants. Well, there were no, a couple of seeds, but they were in the but cannabis. But they were in the cannabis. Right, but because what they 15 didn't years ago was, they had seeds in cannabis, mm-hmm. you know, especially what, cheap stuff. What they didn't find was growing material. I no. mean, if you're going to grow, and they know very well, if you're yes, going to grow. Yes, exactly. And I know right. some of you out there are going, how do you know this, Victor? Well, look, I know. Just because I don't smoke it doesn't mean I don't know a thing or two about it. Well, and, you watch cops, and, right? Exactly. (laughs) So there's more to it than a than a lamp, and and uh, this is just yeah, it just gets me heated. But uh, please continue. So, um, anyways, that doubled the amount that it was going to cost for the lawyer. That doubled Mm. or tripled her bond to get out. Um, But as I now know, they do like overcharging and charging with anything humanly possible, um, so that. They don't have to prove a case in front of a jury. They want plea deals. They want pleas. And 95 mm-hmm. to 96% of all court cases 
and arrest are cleared through plea deals mm-hmm. before they ever see a jury. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to look at a child and say, we're going to give you an arrest record and a criminal record for misdemeanor marijuana possession. Mm-hmm. If you're actually facing 26 years mm-hmm. for felonies as well. Mm. Okay, so so they pretty much painted her into a corner and wanted her to take a plea deal, and it was quite obvious at the very beginning of this. Uh, needless to say, two years into it, um, we had turned down. She had turned down because she was an adult. Mm-hmm. And um, with my, you know, blessing, mm-hmm. turned down drug court didn't want her sitting in drug court with a bunch mm-hmm. of people that had drug abuse, mm-hmm. abuse problems. Um, she turned down every plea deal that they offered her, and she insisted on a jury trial. Good for her. And so we went in um, to with our lawyer, who we were fairly confident in, and, um, and started to get ready to pick a jury. And then the state stepped in. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to have to they prove didn't want this to do. case. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to do it. Yeah, because they couldn't. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I had found it interesting that in a small town, I, I, like I said, I had 600 clients. Mm. For those two years, almost every single client that I talked to, which was almost all of them, it was mm-hmm. at least 90% of them, I told them this story that I'm telling today. Mm-hmm. And all of them thought that cannabis needed cannabis laws needed to be reformed. Mm-hmm. Whether they believed... Um, like I, that it should be decriminalized and mm-hmm. prohibition should end, just mm-hmm. like prohibition ended with alcohol. For alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, or if they believe that it should be taxed and regulated and, mm-hmm. you know, and, quote, legalized, mm-hmm. whatever it was, all of them, except for two that I talked to, had felt that way. Mm-hmm. And, again, I'm in the reddest part of Georgia, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking – Wow, yeah. I, Republicans understand this issue, or should, or should, <laughs> and it seemed to be that mm-hmm. all of my clients, at least, that were dog owners mm-hmm. and cat owners and 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 farm owners, because mm-hmm. I, we also take care of people's farms, um, they agreed with me, mm-hmm. and so that also helped us to go through the process of saying we want a jury trial, because mm-hmm. two years later, if six hundred people have been talking about it in my little bitty town. Mm-hmm. Good luck finding a jury yeah, that's going to convict my daughter right. of 1.5 grams of marijuana. Exactly, and I'm so glad that you guys demanded the jury t- trial and, and stuck through that because I can't imagine what it was for your daughter. But because I can't help myself, mm-hmm. I am going to inject a, a little bit of politics here. Okay. Because I want – this is the kind of stuff that irritates me to no end, folks. And and what I want to point out here in this, in this part of this story is – Look what they did to your daughter. And over 1.5 grams, so we're talking about a joint and a half, two joints, um, trying to make this a felony, mm-hmm. trying to strong arm her into a plea deal. So she has a permanent record, a per- even a misdemeanor, it's still a permanent record. You're an American citizen. Your daughter's an American citizen. And. And a lot of this is driven by politics. Um, the, the the men and women in blue that have to do some, you know, they have to take orders. And a lot of these are good people that are following the political appointed sheriff mm-hmm. and who is following maybe the political rules of, of whoever's in city council. And that you've got politically appointed chiefs. 
folks, if you don't think there's politics here, you're kidding yourself. And this is where we have to take control back. Absolutely. And and when when you see this happening and then you turn around and you see our politicians giving more rights to a non-legal person mm-hmm. and i'm talking about the border i'm talking about people who come here illegally who are being treated better than our own citizens folks if you're out there and you're a democrat and you're wondering why donald trump got elected america first that's why he got elected he had the the audacity to run on a platform to put American citizens back at the top of the dial here. And just look at what's going on with the, with the illegal. Look, I, you, many of you know I am of Mexican descent. Uh, I love the country of my heritage, and I love the people, but it doesn't mean that I'm not an American first. And look, without a strong America, there is no Mexico. And if, if we continue to mistreat our own citizens then what kind of country are we and what are we becoming which goes back to your question Sharon that you asked the police officers that morning what has happened to my country mm-hmm. so um, I, that so there is politics here I again I I can't help myself sometimes but but it does irritate me to see that illegals are being coveted right now because they're the next new voting block mm-hmm. and we have citizens in this country like yourself and your daughter, who have been good citizens and were put through this, and then they tried to slap a felony on. So tell us, tell us more. So you went through, and they, so the state decided they, they had, they knew that they couldn't, they couldn't prove, prove two felonies it. and a mm-hmm. misdemeanor. Right. Um, so the the clearance of the of it was this: um, will null pros, which means dismiss the two felonies. Mm-hmm. which was exactly what we expected them to do, if you'll plead guilty to the misdemeanor marijuana possession, which, quite frankly, she was guilty of. Mm-hmm. She had marijuana mm-hmm. in her room, whether it was hers or her girlfriend's, in the eyes of the law, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that they it would put her on a year of probation. She had already been on two years of bond, remember, coming home and ha- unless she was working, being at home from age 19 to 21. Coming home at 9.30 p.m. to her parents' house. Couldn't move out. I mean, they restricted her before Mm -hmm. they even got to a guilty plea or to court for two solid years. So they could already start punishing her before guilt was proven. Right, exactly. Hmm. And, you know, and something I tell about the drug, uh, about this too, is if they had have, if they had have, if they had have wanted to, they could have filed civil asset forfeiture and tried to take our home. Um, because there was cannabis in the mm-hmm. house. So civil asset forfeiture has become a big issue for us because, for instance, um, I work with a group, I mean, an organization called Spartacus Legal. Um, Catherine Bernard is a, a criminal defense lawyer in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And, so, and a listener to the show. I and a add. listener to the show, <laughs> absolutely. And so I work with her, and she put out a post the other day that said, you know, I'm, I'm down in Dublin and I've got a guy, you know, and he's um, he's not the best guy in the world. He's got some violent um, charges against him, sexual battery, 
aggravated assault, aggravated sexual battery, all these things. And she realizes um, at lunchtime, as she's going through the null process that the um, that the prosecutor had put out, um, that all of those charges had been dropped. So when it was time for calendar after lunch, and his name was called, she said, "I believe all of his charges have been dropped." And they said, "Well." All of those have been, all the violent ones, but we're going to still prosecute him and take him to court on distribution of cannabis. Wow. So uh, where, are know, our, where are government priorities? Exactly. And, th- and that has to be asked. And just like my point I just made just a little while ago about the illegal immigration, um, Okay, we're going to go to another break. I know we have to take these little breaks here, but um, we've got it. That's exactly right. Listen, folks, we'll be right back. I've got a great question that came in, and this is a very, very good question. It's going to pertain to all drugs, so we do need to clarify. So we'll be right back. Stay, you hang tight, folks. We'll be back in a second. You're listening to On Point with Victor, America's Web Radio. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, You probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to On Point with Victor. Uh, okay, so we, we had a comment that come across about um, ending uh, prohibition on all drugs. 
And just real quick, we don't have to get in because this is a whole no- – we could do a whole other show on this. Yes. Uh, because it, the, the whole war on drugs has to be looked at, and I do think it needs to start with some type of decriminalization. We, we cannot continue to put people in jail for simple drug charges and think they're going to get better. How are they going to – you know, the idea of jail is you get somebody in, they pay their time – they do their time, they pay their, their – they – the consequences for their actions, and then hopefully they're they are, let's say, reborn, and then they can come back into society. Well, when you're sitting there in jail, you've got access to more drugs than you had access to outside of jail. So that's not the answer. So, um, just I'll touch the real quick. To me, we've got to start looking at treatment. We've spent a trillion dollars on the war on drugs. How about we spend a few billion on the treatment side? What if we can attack the problem from the aspect of a treatment and let's really get people help? Uh, we have a show here at America's Web Radio, an addiction show. Mm-hmm. We are doing our part. So uh, what if we had money? Now, look, I'm very, very, very stringent about the money we spend on the federal mm-hmm. government. But you know what? Diverting money away from the so-called war on drugs and putting it into a treatment process, putting it into actually really helping people mm-hmm. would really, really be the road to start solving the problem, which, right. again, I don't think politicians want to do. But um, but uh, this is something that we have to look at. We've got to look at changing. Now, will this go to all drugs? Who knows? But I bet if we start with the simple, which is marijuana, and we start a treatment-based war instead of a drug-based so-called war. The only thing that I would say about that is you have to be careful with forced treatment, forcing some money into it through the court Mm -hmm. system. And I will also say this. Quite a few of the people that I know that run these things that are diverted people into their system Mm -hmm. of rehab from the court system will say, we really don't need to be messing around with people with cannabis because it's real easy to quit cannabis. You just Mm quit. Yeah, right. You know, and Mm -hmm. I don't want to really see a bunch of cannabis consumers Mm -hmm. um, go through the system and say, okay, instead of arresting you, we're going to throw you into a rehab Mm -hmm. center and take up a bed for somebody that really really needs needs it. it. No, that's That's my main That is a great point. And, And what I should clarify. Especially when it comes to marijuana, I, I don't want any kind of forced. I don't want to take anyone's rights away for yeah. doing something uh, that amen. that is, come on, it's basically like drinking beer. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I'm 100% with you there. But what I mean by diverting money is there are churches, mm-hmm. there are so many religious groups, and, and not just religious groups, there are other very good charities and groups out there that want to help people mm-hmm. um, voluntarily. These are people that they, they just have to have the money to open more doors and open more hearts. And then people will come. Uh, eventually, you're going to have a lot of people that will go to them on their own. And that we're works. Not gonna, and it does work. And and why not take that money mm-hmm. that we're diverting to the private prison system? Right. And, and say, stop arresting everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, because you need to keep these jails full. I know George has signed something. Mm-hmm. with the private prison industry yes, here saying that mm-hmm. they have to keep a certain number of beds full, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if those beds aren't full, then the taxpayer's going to pay even right. more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we've got to really look at it. It is a deep, complex mm-hmm. problem. I've been studying this for 15 years, mm-hmm. and I still have questions about how exactly it should work. You know, it is a complex problem. But it's one of those problems that can be solved. Absolutely. With logic. With logic. 
Thank you. Boy, you do listen to the show. I do. Uh, so, no, but that's so true, so true. And we've got to get to that point. We are the greatest country on this planet. We have the – there's nothing like American exceptionalism. There's nothing like American ingenuity. And if somebody can solve this problem, it's us. Mm-hmm. It's this country. We just, you know, and we're the we, we're we're the freest country, and right? We're the, fr- we're the freest, but we are the most highly incarcerated of yeah, all the countries. All the, we uh, have more people I, incarcerated mm-hmm. than any other country yeah. in the nation. Georgia, number four in the country, and, and much of that is is uh, the drug, the criminalization of of these drugs. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you know, it, it, and like I said, if ever there was a way to do it, we we can do it. You know, America didn't used to be afraid of big ideas. Hmm. And unfortunately, we have a, a lot of establishment politicians that are very afraid of big ideas. Um, and it just, it just really chaps my backside. And we've, or we've they're gotta, getting a lot of money from the status well, quo people. The other thing to do is follow the money. Always, always follow the money if you want to find the heart of a politician or mm-hmm. the heart of an establishment politician. There are mm-hmm. some good ones out there. Absolutely. Um, so Sharon, I want to touch a little bit on, on, you know, I talk about sometimes on this show, not just for this issue, but other issues, that politics really is local. Mm-hmm. And we really, really, really have to, should put very, all of our attention should start on the local level and then go up from there. And we've gotten it backwards in this country yes. of late, and oh gosh, probably the last 20, 30 years, where we think president, we think senate, and, and go on that way, when it needs to start locally and move and go up from there. We've got to start changing who we're putting in office, and it really does have to start at the local level. So speak to that. Absolutely. Aspect. So after we got through with the court case with, with my daughter and we were through with that, she got through with her one year of probation, which she had no problem with, went through all the drug tests. And, mm-hmm. you know, she went um, to the University of Georgia and got her degree as a uh, landscape architecture and wow. and um, studied abroad in Italy. Um, you know, I'm not under any false, miscon- you know, any false thoughts about we were some of the lucky ones because mm-hmm. we had the money to hire a lawyer for my daughter. Right. Um, she happened to be a blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl and not a young man of color. She may have come out in a body bag uh, from that basement. So there's a many reasons. Or a Latino. No. Yeah, right? Um, um, many reasons why we thank our lucky stars every day. Mm-hmm. But what we did is we put it into action on the local level. I, of course, reached out to other organizations that were nationwide to talk to them and start educating myself on prohibition and what was going on. I had This had never even crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we did, like I said, we had talked to you know close to 600 clients and realized that we couldn't find anybody that was against ending prohibition. And so what we did is we used that in the next election. And we found the school resource officer who we believed as parents really cared about the children mm-hmm. and knew most of them. And we thought, well, this guy's going after all the kids. Maybe this guy will be better. And so a group of people went to him and asked him to run for sheriff against the sheriff that got the search warrant to come into my house. Wow. And um, within a year of her court case being over, um, we were at the courthouse again watching the returns. Wow. And it almost sounded like an Alabama-Georgia football game because every time – I'm sorry. Every That's time okay. the the returns would come up for commissioner and dog – 
you know, whatever dog, dog catcher. catcher. Right. I don't know that that's the real word, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Different things. Right. As soon as that sheriff's office, a sheriff would come up. Sheriff McClure lost. He was the incumbent, two to one. Wow. And I went, ding, 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 ding. My mm-hmm. head went, local, local. Local. Vote, talk, mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. involved, local. Now, I still didn't understand uh, as much as I do now, but to me personally, on the local level, your two most important positions, unless you have a sole commissioner, which we do not, um, would be your sheriff and your district attorney. District attorneys, through the drug war, through all kinds of reasons, have the most power mm-hmm. of anyone in your state. On At the local level, they get to decide who they will and will not prosecute and for what charges and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And they are the most important ones. You need to be talking to these people. And if you've got a DA that just loves going after kids and cannabis, mm-hmm. maybe you need to be looking for another lawyer that you have in your community to run against them and get out there and help them get elected. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. You know, um, what a lot, a lot of people do not realize that the most powerful elected office in a state is the sheriff. And then with the sheriff, you've got the DAs. And you're 100% right. Uh, it There's nothing more scaring to a politician or an elected official as when the American people stand up. And and it starts by community. And, and you proved it. So you got together with your Lumpkin County or up there in Dahlonega, and you spread the word. You told people the story. You guys weren't afraid to tell people what happened. No, we weren't going to accept the stigma. Right. Exactly. Would, yeah. and, and, and thank God you did it. And then and you got that sheriff. Rem- I mean, he lost an election. He lost That's an election. the way it happens, folks. Um, look, I want to make another point here. One thing that, that you did and your daughter did that I thought and, – and again, this – and this was why I think a lot of times color doesn't matter, your background doesn't matter, if you respond the proper way. Now, you had every right, in my opinion, to defend your household. But It was a good thing that my 357 wasn't under my wasn't pillow. Wasn't under your pillow. <laughs> so there was probably a reason. Because I would have probably walked out of there in a body yeah. bag. I'm sure they had, I mean, well, they definitely had more firepower than mm-hmm. I had. Well, true. And all I would have had but, to do was lift it out of the, you know, out of right, the pillow, out of the and, pillow and they would have, have taken yeah. you out. But, but my point is, you were very respectful to the officers. Your daughter was very respectful to the officers. And, and this is where I tell people, I don't care how right you know you are. You've got to be respectful to the officers. I don't care if it is a bad apple and the officer is, is being just one of the worst in the world. You've got to be respectful until you get. You can't fight out. if you're dead. Exactly, you can't fight if you're. Thank you. That was very well put. You can't fight if you're dead. So look, folks. Unbelievably, Sharon, we have gotten to the end of this show. Um, but I want to thank you for being here. It was an amazing story, and then I, there's even more that we didn't get to that maybe maybe we'll have a part two. Uh, awesome. Come come up maybe in a few weeks or so. I, I would love to do it if you'd like to come back. Um, I'm sure we're going to get great response. Um, but this is a story that's got to be told, and, and it's an issue that's got to be tackled. And, folks, I say it all the time. We've got to stand up as citizens. We have the ballot box is the most powerful weapon you have in your toolbox, mm-hmm. and we've got to use it. And you've got to use it with logic and with common sense. All right, folks, tune in. 
again next week. We'll be back. Thank you for listening. This is On Point with Victor and America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.